Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie Uncensored. We have officially moved to Patreon. Here's a sneak peek of Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie. Come on, bitch, 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 let's go. Come on, get, get, get ready, bitches. I called you a hussy over text, yes. That you're in my phone as hussy, Mrs. Hussy. Why do you call me a hussy? Does that make it sound a slut? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, like I don't get any action, so that's like really unfair Uh, that I get that type. That you tell me about, that you tell me about. There was a time you were on a date and I saw it on your story and then I texted you, "Who's who's that man's arm? And you were like, oh, I don't know. No, there was just like a guy st- like sitting next to me randomly sure. in Miami Beach. Okay, sure, give me a sure, break. Sure. Yeah, no. Okay, so um, I have a really exciting uh, person that I'm having on the show today, and 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 I specifically like sought him out. Um, his name is Amir Yas, and he's um, known, I suppose, uh, self-proclaimed queer Muslim unicorn. <laughs> um. <laughs> Love <laughs> which I love. Yeah. Here he is in the background. And, um, and he is really famous for doing these really cool TikTok videos and he breaks down pop culture and Hollywood and, you know, like social media battles, all sorts of great, you know, stuff. And, and he, he has like a cool catchphrase that he goes next or something like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I'll have him do it. And, <laughs> and he's got over like 5 million views on his videos. I mean, he's really someone I admire in this, in the social media space. And I really, um, I love his like juicy shit and I'm going to try to get even more juicy shit out of him. So uh, everybody welcome Amir to Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie. (laughs) Hi Dana. Thanks for having me. When you DM me, I was like, is this real life? I love it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I've been, you know, I catch your like TikTok things in the IGTV feed because I don't have a TikTok. I've and I can't get up. <gasps> Honey, you need to get a TikTok. It takes too much work to do TikTok. Like I see all, you know, you got to like edit it to sound. And I mean, I see the ladies, you know, they do like music and then they put their hand up and their hand up and then cuts to them in like a hot outfit. I don't you know have time that? for that, girl. I don't do any of those. I don't have time. It's too much work. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I'm going to edit myself and then still look like an uggo. I know things. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I don't understand how you have time to do like, you know, let's do like three things and splice it together for TikTok. I mean, do people really, ha- let me ask before we get going um, on, on the juicy gossip, which I'm about to uh, <laughs> get out of you. Um, I want to know, you know, how do you get your creative inspiration for your TikToks? I think, you know, you know what, 
I always say really gets people creative is being in a closet for 10 years. So I think once I came out, I was like, you know what? I'm making up for lost time. So I'm going to jump in. I'm going to be myself. And, you know, if I want to wear a 22 inch wig and a dress, I'm going to do it. If I want to, you know, like I'm going to do whatever I want. Thanks for the support, Casey. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone loves Casey. (laughs) So um, I did a little research on you. Okay. Okay. Yeah which I do, I study really hard on everybody that comes on uh, my show. And so I found out a few things. Number one, you wrote a book called The Life Squad. Oh my God, you did a deep dive, girl. That's like page 10 of my Google search. I love it. Um, yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and you, this was when you were young, budding, uh, you know, going to be influencer because you were, you were super young. You just come out of USC mm-hmm. and um, you had majored in communication, which is why you probably have 5 million people watching your TikTok. And, <laughs> and you, um, and you got like, just this like bug up your ass to write this book called Life Squad, which is about resurrecting the dead. And it's a fictional book. Yes, it is. And I want to come back to it because, you know, I've been working and pitching and producing recently. So I do want to kind of circle back to that. But yeah, it was a young adult, you know, fiction. And it was all about just like, again, all of the characters were queer. They were being themselves. I mean, it was just, it was super fun. And to have like you know, I had a New York agent and I almost got a book deal. So it was really cool to, I just know a little bit about every business. And I think part of the reason I'm entertaining is that I know a little bit about real estate. I know about PR. I know about book publishing and entertainment. And I bring all of that knowledge and people love that they get that 60 second little scoop of what's going on in the world, you know? Well, I mean, it's, I thought that was really impressive as a young man that you, you know, embarked on writing a book. Thank you. I mean, how old were you when you wrote a book? That's like, So God, girl, I'm 35 now, 2012. That feels like a lifetime ago. So that's when I wrote it. So yeah, I was like in my early twenties. Yeah, I was, I was a little baby. That's incredible to write a book and especially one that's, you know, the, you know, is fictional. We have to really come up with all of the characters and anything and, and all that. And so I was really impressed. I wanted to say that to you. I also went to USC. Um, <gasps> Fight on. <laughs> yeah, I did um, political science and a minor in business, but I, I thought about taking the communication major there because it's fab. Oh my God, it's so fab. And I was one of like maybe five guys in there in that program, but it was just, I, I love like female energy. So I like kind of feed off of that. I have a lot of feminine energy. So in these classes, I really kind of was able to really get down my energy and like be able to kind of go back and forth, riff, be on a panel. They really teach you a lot. So I I really lucked out. Well, and then you went into publicity and, and, um, so I'm going to bring up something in a minute that's going to blow your mind. But before we do that, <laughs> what um, can you tell me some of the PR companies or some of the PR that you did, you know, because that you came up obviously out of communications, you went to PR or just or events or promotion or what did you do? Yeah. So my first job right when I was at USC was I was working the door. At, I don't know if you remember Lay Do. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. From the hills. Feel the rain on your Yep. Yep. Of course I do. The girl. Oh my God. I do remember. Okay. I'm going to freak you out. Cause late. Okay. For everyone listening, Ledoux was this like ridiculously over the top, like French experience type vibe place. And it had like a secret door and you would walk up to like this thing that looked like a fence. And there was always this lady in like all black 
that like kind of like Marticia with these like really weird heels. She always had these like very strange, like oddly shaped heels. And she would run the door of the do. <laughs> it was yep. like a whole thing to get in there. Wait, and then I have she- always wondered where it was because as soon as I moved to LA, it was like not not a thing. It anymore. was gone. It was off of Las Palmas, right, Dana? I can't remember now. It's just I can't remember. I feel like it was like it was it, it was it was in Hollywood, and it mm-hmm. was. It, it, but it was in the trendier part of Hollywood at that yes. time. So it wasn't yes. too far east. I mean, you know, it's changed a lot now, but. Oh, yeah, it's oh, changed so much. And so I started working there. It was such a scene. Oh, my God. And that's when The Hills was on. And yeah. I remember that was my first taste of like celebrity. Like we, we, I'd see them getting whisked in, the paparazzi running after them. And I was always like, oh, my God, I want that. Everyone was like running away from it. And I was like, I would run towards the cameras. <laughs> so that's when I kind of was like, oh, my God. And then I had so much power. Like. One of my friend's ex-boyfriends came to the door and I like made him wait for five hours. Like I had so much power <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. This is better. Than, like my dad's very successful and I could have worked for him and made millions of dollars. But I Wait, always, who's your dad? He's Persian too? He's Persian, but he won't let me say his name. He'll, he'll kill okay. me. No, um, I won't let you say it, but you know that honest, <laughs> I mean, just to say it, like the Persian men in LA, I think people don't understand that in LA, there is a big Persian scene and there's oh, yeah. both- Jewish Persian Persians mm-hmm. and then there's Muslim Persians and they're actually very different very different and, yes Dana you know this shit I love it yeah and they that. actually um it's a very unique environment the the Persian culture because some of them are very open to like inter uh, marriage with like other cultures and are mm-hmm. very like great with it. Mm-hmm. And then there's other moms and dads that are like, no, they don't want their children to go outside of the Persian Jewish or Persian Muslim group. So there's a real cool um, kind of energy that's been coming up over the years with all the these kids growing up in America and in, and they're kind of like, well, you know, they just want to date whoever. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a little bit of like the old guard and then the new guard, which are the, these, the next generation. And there's just this like dynamic in LA of the parents trying to keep hold of the old tra- traditions, the kebab and, you know, the family dinners and all this stuff and not have it like go away. And then there's kids that are just like breaking out. And a lot of, uh, uh, Persian uh, people are super successful and wealthy. And one of the reasons that um, I don't know if you know this, because um, I'm like a, a connoisseur of a hot Persian men, um, <laughs> Amir, is that um, I found out that I, I used to ask um, a lot of the guys that I dated uh, that, you know, how did that all work? You know, like, how come everybody seems so successful that's Persian? And mm-hmm. they told me that in the beginning, a lot of the Persian families would come to LA and they would lend each other money mm-hmm. and, and, and invest in each other's businesses. So they didn't have to do institutional financing. They could just give, they would just share to each other and they grew the culture, the group's wealth. Interesting. I never heard that before. I mean, it makes sense because these banks wouldn't lend because when my dad came, he came before the revolution, which was Mm -hmm. in 79. And when he was working at a company, they started calling him towelhead and terrorist, and they tried to get him fired. And this is in the seventies. Like there were like four or five Persians in Orange County. My parents live in Orange County, uh, even though there's a lot more Persians in LA. It's like the racism is still very, very strong. You know, it's still, that's why Persians kind of stay within their cliques. And like you said, they lend to each other. It's a real thing. 
For the full scoop, head to our Patreon page. Click the coin icon on your player to check it out.